It's a pleasure to have your company. Welcome back to the Gallery of Curiosities. I remain, as always, your humble host, Osgood. As Valentine's Day is just past, I thought I might prepare two exhibits for you this evening. One for those who are fond of the holiday, and the other for those who are, well, not. So, if you are one who does not welcome Cupid and his troublesome gifts, then this is the episode you want to listen to. Hmm. If not, stop your player now and choose the previous story. I'll wait. Ah, excellent. I see most of you have chosen well. This one comes to us from author Nikki Lynn Blakely, who lives in the San Francisco Bay Area and enjoys crafting stories that evoke smiles, tears, laughter, the occasional eye roll, and sometimes even a scream. Her work has appeared in Sundial, Uncharted, Lunar Station Quarterly, and Little Old Lady Comedy. It will be read for us by Ms. Laura Lee a Woman of Good Manners by Nikki Lynn Blakely It is a universal truth that a man of good fortune must be in want of a wife. And Jane set her sights on Edward, despite his reputation for being of a most disagreeable character. On their first date, they went to Possum Pond. Jane had always been told that the way to a man's heart was through his stomach. She smiled coyly at Edward as she opened up the picnic basket and placed the food onto a red checkered tablecloth laid out under the shade of a large elm tree. Ham and Swiss sandwiches with the crust cut off, red potato salad with tiny cornichons, and tart sweet lemonade, freshly squeezed. Edward ate heartily, while Jane merely picked at her food, as was befitting a woman of good manners. Afterward, she slipped off her stockings, pulled her dress to her thighs, and waded into the pond, beckoning Edward with a crook of her finger to follow. And follow he did. He came up behind her, grabbed her tightly by the neck, and pushed her face into the muddy murk of the shallow water and held it there until her body stopped thrashing. The next afternoon, it surprised Edward to see Jane strolling up the cobbled stone pathway to his house, looking no worse for wear though he thought he noticed a slight smudge of dirt around the cuff of her sleeve. Darling, it's a beautiful day for a picnic, she said, exactly as she had the day before. And indeed, it was. True, 
Jane was not an overtly handsome woman. Her countenance left Edward wanting, but her cooking skills were a credit to her housekeeping. And, well, it was lunchtime, and he was hungry. Edward pulled his hat and coat from the rack, and once more they set off to Possum Pond. Today she brought crispy fried chicken, golden buttermilk biscuits, and ice-cold beer. And for dessert, cinnamon apple hand pies. Jane only nibbled, she was a lady after all, while Edward ate his fill. Afterward, Edward picked up one of Jane's stockings that she had taken off, twisted it tightly around her neck, and pulled sharply. Her hands clawed at her throat. Her eyes bulged, and her body thrashed, until finally falling limp. The next day, Jane was again at Edward's doorstep, with only a slight reddening around her neck. Darling, it's a beautiful day for a picnic, she said. And off they went. She'd made a salad with fresh greens, crisp bacon, and soft-boiled eggs. Edward washed it all down with southern sweet tea, then finished the meal with vanilla macaroons. Afterward, he pulled out a knife he'd hidden in his sock and stabbed Jane in the neck, watching the blood first spurt, then trickle, the red stain spreading like spilled wine across the checked tablecloth. When Jane once again appeared on his doorstep the following day, Edward noticed a crimson spot on her collar and thought her smile waned slightly, but other than that, she remained nonplussed. They locked arms and set off for Possum Pond. As usual, they sat down under the cool shade of the elm, and Jane removed the food from the picnic basket. Beef tongue pie, pickled beets, butterscotch pudding, and sarsaparilla soda. After they had eaten, they lay down and spent the afternoon picking animal shapes from the clouds until Edward, at last, leaned over and kissed Jane on the lips. Then he placed his coat over her face and pressed down firmly until her arms stopped flailing about and she was completely still. Darling, it's a... Edward was already waiting at the door, coat and hat in hand. From the picnic basket, Jane pulled cold roast mutton, deviled eggs, sweet mulled cider, and a raspberry tart. When Edward finished eating, he picked up a thick, heavy log and smashed it over her head. Once, twice, three times for good measure, until her body collapsed and crumpled to the ground in a heap. When Jane again showed up the next day, picnic basket in hand, it had been five days since their first date. She looked a little bedraggled, 
with a smudge of dirt on her cuff, a reddening around her neck, and a drop of blood on her collar. Her bun hung askew to the left, and she walked with a slight limp. Edward considered Jane. She was not a great beauty, nor an accomplished woman. By her own confession, she did not possess any knowledge of the pianoforte, was not skilled in the art of conversation, and almost always lost at whist. Her prospects were most certainly limited. But her figure was slight and pleasing. She ate like a bird, and try as he might, she would not die. What she lacked in physical attributes, she made up for in tenacity. If he couldn't kill her, he'd marry her instead. He decided to propose that day, directly after lunch. That day, as Jane had done every day before, she shook out the checkered tablecloth and spread it under the shade of the elm. She slipped off her stockings and Edward, impatient to see what new delights the picnic basket held, took haste to open it before Jane had the opportunity. His countenance revealed his surprise at finding it empty, and he looked to Jane for explanation. It is a universal truth that a woman of bad fortune might be in want of a good meal rather than a good husband. And there is a much faster way to a man's heart. With one hand, Jane grabbed Edward by the throat and plunged the other deep into his chest. She pulled out his heart, still beating, and bit into it like an apple, the blood dribbling down her chin. Mm. Then she picked up a napkin and dabbed daintily at the corners of her mouth. She was a woman of good manners, after all. Our reader for this evening was Ms. Laura Liebar, who is also the author of the novels Haunt, Long-Form Religious Porn, can't believe they got me to say porn, and the short story collection Angel Meat. Her short stories have been featured in over a dozen literary magazines and anthologies. She is also a lifelong performer, filmmaker, and literal tree-hugger. More at lauraleebar.com You know, when I think about it, it is a terribly strange notion for a holiday. St. Valentine, as you well know, was a third-century priest who was beaten with clubs and then beheaded after a failed attempt to convert the Roman Emperor Claudius. Then, of course, his corpse was parted out for relics, as you do. A charming tableau, to be sure. I will leave the lurid details to your own vivid imaginations. Do pick your partners wisely, and come visit us again next time at the Gallery of Curiosities.
Gallery of Curiosities is produced under a Creative Commons International 4.0 non-commercial attribution no derivatives license. No derivatives. Story copyrights remain with the authors. Our theme song is Ashes Ashes by Deus Ex Vapora Machina. If you liked the show, give us some love on your favorite podcatcher, lest I hunt you down and beat you with clubs. This episode was produced in February of 2024. If you would like to peruse the full show notes, do visit us online at gallerycurious.com. And furthermore, what business would a priest have with a courting? I will never understand this strange, strange holiday.